Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome into questions from the audience on the Tim McKernan Show. Uh, June 30th, 2020 is when we were recording this. Gangster Pete, if you want to put it up right away. Put it up right away because you know why? We didn't do one last week. That's right. So um, I I know there are a number of people uh, who are tuning in today. Um, I, I think we've broken a record for questions um, there's no way that I can get to them all. Uh, and and I, and, and I'll, I'll do my best to answer them as much as I possibly can. So, but we didn't do one last week. So last week, again, for the purpose of attempting to be as transparent as possible. And I try to be more transparent on, on the Tim McKernan show podcast, uh, to give uh, people uh, ROI for, uh, subscribing as we want you to do and giving positive reviews if all possible. But then at the same time, when I talk about reviews, I know there's so many people who hate me, it's like, oh, maybe then it's going to be like, uh, you know, then gives them a place to go attack. So maybe it's not a good thing. But either way, that's the that's the deal when you're doing a podcast. You talk about that stuff. So uh, I'm working on stuff last week, and uh, I had recorded something, and then I was asked to go into a meeting that I was told was going to take two minutes. It's 1230 at this point, which means Gangster Pete has been here at this point for, what, seven hours or so, something like that. That's right. And a gentleman who's a great guy, for the record, uh, asked me to meet. I thought it was just going to be a quick little conversation. Turns out to be a long conversation. Now we're at one o'clock. Come back in. Gangster Pete, describe your emotions. Uh, there, there was a confluence of factors that kind of got me heated. Yeah, you were pissed. Uh, mostly... My my time isn't valued by the station, so uh, wow! Are you sharpshooting me like that? No, not the. You're not the station, are you? <laughs> I thought we made it clear you don't own the station. No, no, I, I that is absolutely. Uh, the I'm case. not the only one in that boat. So when you know my time starts getting right, wasted, but th- this wasn't the station who did it. It was me. It was really me. Right, it's me. But like I said, as a confluence of factors that had me in a bad mood, and then as the time kept going, I guess got more and more angry and I was just I was ready to bolt by the time you guys came back. I understand. Back. So Gangster Pete and I So you can blame me for their no episode last week. I I was uh a a diva. No 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 uh it's on me because your premise was I think you could have said I think you did say you it would have taken two minutes to come out or two seconds to come out and say the meeting's going longer than I thought it was going to go. Um so that's on me. You know, the buck stops here. It's my responsibility. So uh, when I came back to the podcast studio from the meeting, 
and you clearly were on tilt, uh, you know, I recognize it. I have no problem. I, I think I want people to be comfortable as long as it, you know, never gets, you know, violent or across the line. I, you know, listen, we got two years of a track record together. People are going to get pissy when you're, when you go to war together, you know, that's, you, you know, not every locker room has moments of utopian behavior, uh, you know, every single day. So that's, that's, that's the way that it goes. So, uh, I'm like, yeah, we're, we'll call an audible on this. And then I had so much going on that I, so that I obviously had been doing it at my place during the pandemic and just could record it there, but I just couldn't do it. And so then people began and I get it and I understand it. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the motives were, um, were deviant to come up with, oh, there must be a real reason why they didn't record it. The real reason is I recorded an interview, uh, that lasted long. And, uh, and then, uh, was called into a meeting that I thought was going to be two minutes and gangster Pete and I were going to, to do it after. And then Pete was, uh, not happy <laughs> and I knew we wouldn't have a good episode anyway. And I thought it was best to let gangster Pete go. And that's the real reason. It's kind of like the, how the cat got his nickname. People want more to the story. And I almost feel like I need to come up with a better story. But the reality is my dad called the guy who owned the building where KFNS was in Webster, Johnny, the cat Layton called him the cat. And for whatever reason, I called the cat Jimmy the Cat Hayes. And that's the story. And it's a terrible story, but it's the real story. So this might titillate people that Gangster Pete was pissed. Maybe, maybe not. But I think people wanted it to mean more than it did when in reality this could have happened at any time. It just so happened at this particular time. Yeah, I got pissed and I was over it like an hour later. Right. Uh, but, but that is why we didn't do it. And then I had so much going on that I couldn't do it by myself. And so that is why we had no questions from the audience. But I, I have to tell you something. I really don't like not doing it. First off, I love doing the thing. It is, it's therapeutic for me. I've been saying that before I perhaps needed therapy. Uh, and then secondarily, um, I want the audience to always know that, they, that they're going to get this at least once a week, at least one podcast a week. And so I don't like not delivering for the first time since we started October 1st, 2017, of not having something that is, uh, that is new. So that I, that, that really bothered me, but it became a spot where I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the time. So, uh, with that all said, there is the backstory on why there was no questions from the audience, uh, for the previous week. And, uh, and it is my responsibility and I apologize to the audience, to gangster Pete for, uh, for what took place with, um, just being a bizarre uh day and series of days so that's uh there's the backstory on it which again probably isn't titillating my bad truth. too god bless america so uh so because of that there are already a bunch of questions oh my god i'm looking back I, I it took me to scroll down and then a bunch of them were sent this morning i post on the fan page to get questions um and then people just send them in throughout the week anyway uh gangster pete you were happy to see blake blossom is the actress that I posted in addition to some of the pictures. Yeah, she's a babe. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, uh, but because they're not shooting anything right now, uh, she is uh, on the sidelines or just only fansing it. So uh, there, is, uh, there is who the picture is of, for those of you wondering. And, um, and we have a billion questions. But I'm going to do my best to see as we are talking right now. It is 12.26 to get us out of here by 1.30. That is... Uh, That'll give us an hour of questions. I have no idea how much we'll get to, but there it is. Let me start here. Our sponsors make this whole thing possible. On board, support the sponsors. That's the name of the game. TheHomeLoanExpert.com, where I refinanced in April and uh, made, uh, I guess, my second payment since refinancing. 
uh, this morning. And, uh, and it's just like, oh my God, it's so great that, uh, the payment is so much less than what it used to be and how easy the process was. It's just, it's just, it's just the way that it is. And I, I gather people listen to this and like, you're saying that because he's a sponsor and I don't blame you for thinking that, but I'm telling you, I did it. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't want to go through all the stuff. And then it was so easy. And I'm like, I kind of kicking myself because I just should have done it a long time ago. Uh, so uh, the home loan expert.com is where you need to go to refinance. Or if you're looking to buy a home, uh, the home loan expert.com, uh, in addition, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is great people, and he is my insurance agent. And I love when I hear more and more. I had somebody email me actually, uh, like yesterday actually, uh, that they had just switched to James Carlton. And I'm like, that makes me so happy. First off, I want to deliver for the advertisers. But secondly, uh, I know you're in great shape now and another listener is, is taken care of. And that is what it's all about. Uh, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, you hear him calling in TMA if you're a TMA listener. And I think you get the sense for the kind of person he is. But I want to I wanna back this up. Um, because I've had, uh, people say, you know what? I finally gave in and I called and I felt like I was just kind of like, maybe not really committed to it. But that after I talked to Mark, I'm like, now I get what you guys are talking about. He really is just sincere. There's my word. I was looking for a word and it's an easy word. Sincere. He's just a sincere guy. Uh, online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Give him a call. You will be very happy that you did. Um, because you're going to come out of it feeling better about your situation. That's kind of what it what it's kind of comes down to. Uh, he's online at evergreenstl.com, uh, or you can give him a call at 314-889-0503. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, we have, a, I mean, Gangster Pete, just a billion questions. Um, Make a dent. Yeah, and then we'll see what we can get to. I, listen, here's what, I, here's what I know. Because if I were in your position as a listener, because I've, I received a number of them, uh, people want to know what's going on with the show, with the station. So I want to, I want to, before I even get to a question, because I know a lot of them just are going to, I mean, I haven't even opened up a gangster Pete. You can see, I you can tell I haven't opened up the emails, but I just oh know that that is, that is uh, what a lot of them will be about. Um, and so here is, here is, I just, for as transparent as I can be, we're not in a position to talk about it. And I know that, I know that people don't want to hear that, but that is, you know, just if you can give me the benefit of the doubt based on the track record. And I know so many people listen to this thing um, uh, who don't like me. It's like a hate listen. But I think even those who don't like understand that, yeah, I hate him, but he, uh, if he says it, 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 he means it, and it is the truth, um, which I value. I would rather have you hate me and believe me than like me and not believe me. Um, I value that. And so... I think people ideally will give me the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, so it's a unique situation and um, we're doing our best in a unique situation. But uh, that is, that is how I would uh, sum it up uh, because again, we're not in a position to, to go into um, to detail and that's the way that it is. Ideally uh, at some point, um, whenever that point may be, 
I would love to be able to operate with absolute full transparency. And if I'm in, if I'm in a disagreement with somebody, welcome them to come in and we can talk about it. It might be awkward as fuck, but at least everybody will know where everything is, uh, including the audience. And uh, but we're not we're not there at this moment. And so I have to uh, navigate a situation and uh, and and do the best I can with it. So um, I know that that uh, might not satisfy people, but that is. That is uh, the way that things are at this particular moment. And um, and I guess if you were in my position, I know that you would understand, but I also know that I can't go into what my position is. And so uh, it's a uh, it's a weird spot. So uh, with that said, I, I have so many emails. And we have so many posts on the fan page. I'm going to try to go through as many as possible. Gangster Pete, I love having you here because your stock, you know what it is? It's skyrocketing. It's skyrocketing. Yep, only one way to go. <laughs> Same line every week. All right, uh, I was sc- scrolling through. I'm trying to find, my God, there's a lot of stag pictures. There it is. I found Blake Blossom. That's how I find the questions from the audience. <laughs> um, all right, Timmy Recaps is the leadoff hitter in the questions from the audience on the fan page. And I haven't read these, so this is uh, this can potentially, especially this week, be high risk. But he says this is reposted from last week's thread. As a current business owner with Inside STL, uh, and a potential business owner of a radio station. How would you handle an internet canceling of one of your employees or even yourself if a snippet of your show was taken out of context and used as fuel on a real internet campaign targeting your company, TMA, sponsors, advertisers, family, etc.? With the thousands of radio hours you and your coworkers have cataloged on the internet, surely something could be spun to become the target of a canceling. Would you pack it up and move to Florida knowing you can't win a battle against an internet narrative once it's set in motion? Or would you try to fight it knowing your intent was never with malice? Thank you and viva la pips. That's from uh, Timmy Recap. Um, it's a great question. Um, Gangster Pete, I, I know that you're you're obviously not in position because it's directed as a current business owner with Inside STL, which started uh, nearly 15 years ago. Um but uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, cancelings and how you would handle it if you were in that position as a, as a business? Well, first of all, I'm against cancelings. Uh, <clears throat> Who is for them? I don't... There's people that have no lives are for cancelling and they want to feel better about themselves, I think. But uh, I thought... Uh, actually, I thought Dave Portnoy handled it pretty well the other day. He, uh, I don't know if you saw that. They were coming for him and his company. Jamil Hill, am I right? I don't know who came after him. I just saw his response. He posted a, like a three-minute video on all the social medias where he's like, listen, we're a comedy site. We've been doing this for years. We've made fun of everything, everyone. If you want to find a snippet of something from somewhere, you can make us look bad, but we don't have malice. Everyone that's worked here has enjoyed working for me and all this stuff. So that's kind of how I'd handle it. I'd just be like, listen, we're do- we're having fun. We don't mean it. Uh, if you want to make a big deal of it, you can. And if you want to roll with us, roll with us. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I've been on the receiving end of the mob before. Um, and it's really unpleasant. Uh, that's, I mean, I guess that probably would go without saying. Um, and my honest answer, because I always want to try to be as honest as I can and as transparent as I can, is that the reality is, there are so many different circumstances with each situation that to like have a blanket policy would not be 
it would not be truthful. It would be a dis- disingenuous statement because there are so many details. Like the, where, when I was on the receiving end of it was the Albert Pujols thing with, uh, with, with Jack Clark. And, and, I'm, and I'm reading things about both myself and my business, the finances of my business, uh, quotes that were just, just absolutely inaccurate. And it's a brutal thing. Um, it's very difficult. So I think that's why I empathize with people who are on the receiving end of it. Even if I disagree with the thing that they wrote or they said, um, so it's, it's the honest answer is it's a case by case situation. Um, and I, and it, in, in that I, I realize that's probably not what people want, but that's who I am. And so I, I, I don't do the Portnoy or Clay Travis or whoever else that people like to cite as these, uh, you know, their own media businesses and personalities. That's not me. I don't, that, and I'm not saying that what they do is wrong. It's just their personalities. Uh, I've never met Dave Portnoy. Clay has been in the studio and I've interviewed him. Um, but you know, I, I, that's not my personality. It, it, it may have been maybe a lot more like that, uh, 14 years ago or so. But it's not now, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm not going to like start, you know, I, and I, and I get the, like I said, get the game. It's just not, it, it would be disingenuous. Just if all of a sudden I came in after the Cardinals lost a game and started screaming about it just because I know it's going to get a reaction. That's just not how I am. Um, cause I don't really feel that way. Now, if, if it's a playoff game and I felt like somebody did something that was, bat crap or lazy or something along those lines, which I don't really believe would happen as far as laziness in a playoff game. But, you know, I'll certainly passionately opine, but it's just not who I am. So I think a lot of this stuff is theater. And like I said, it works. It absolutely works, but that's not who I am. So also along those lines for me to give some blanket thing, like come and get me or something like that. It's like, you know, that's not how I really feel. I say, are you about to jump in gangster? Peter? Yeah. You're, I mean, I'd like, I'd them. like to clarify, like if, like there are things that you can say or do that you can't have, you can't say, you can't do. But I'm saying like, no, I'm not. I'm not this this culture, wasn't a response to you. I was no, responding. No, I know. I just want to make it clear that I'm saying like the people that like go through everything you've ever done with a fine tooth comb and then pick out a snippet to make you look bad. That's the kind of shit I can't stand. Yeah, I and I don't even know. I don't know if that. I I don't know if that is what's actually going on right now. I, I guess it depends on you know. It's happening to some people stool. like that. Sure, is it? It's just. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm confused for lack of a better term. Um, I really am. That'd be the best way for me to describe it. I'm just happy no one cares enough about me. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the controversy over Bill Simmons and the lack of diversity hiring at the ringer? Uh, and this is totally unfiltered. I, I have read uh, an article about it and it was like last week. And my honest answer is, I don't really know much about it, but I don't want to be like picking and choosing what I'm answering. I'm just going straight down the line. That's my honest answer. Gangster Pete, what do you know about it? It's kind of funny because I, I read recently that they don't have a lot of diversity there. And then like a month ago, I was listening to his podcast with Rusillo and Rusillo was talking about that's something that he has always been, had been concerned with and tried to. Who make, has Bill or yeah, Bill. Ryan? Okay. He'd always been trying to, uh, have equal hiring practices and all that. And then this article comes out. It's like, I don't know what to believe. Uh, well, I mean, so, but I, I guess the premise would, and so this is unfair. This is totally unfair. I gather that it is being said or insinuated that it is bigoted 
Is that fair? I mean, I just, I mean, I don't know bigoted necessarily, or maybe it's more representative of people that look a certain way. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I mean, here, I guess I'll do some inside baseball stuff, try to give people uh, some semblance of uh, stuff they can't get elsewhere. So when we were starting up uh, 590, when we were coming over from 920 and going to 590 in 2016, I got on the phone with Mike Claiborne um, and... Um, I guess it's, I mean, it isn't fair to start naming a bunch of names, but I think I think Claiborne and I have talked about it on the podcast. That's why, uh, and others, um, looking for African American talent because I wanted to give people opportunity. And one of the people said, um, "I'm surprised you're even thinking this way, but it really is. I don't know what the right word is. Admirable, I think, is the word that he used." that you're even thinking this way. And I go, well, to me, it seems like it's obvious, but again, it's not this, I always use the phrase heal the world thing. And, but, but the, the, the reason I say that is it, it, I'm, I'm not looking to go, okay, well now, okay, we've checked the box. Okay. Now we've checked the box on this person. Now we've checked the box on this, per, this background. That's not where I am. I think you have better content if you have more informed, informed and diverse perspective. So therefore, I'm trying to give the best content possible, um, and that's that's the reality. Uh, I know me. I'd like to think the audience has a pretty good idea of where I am when it comes to racial issues. Uh, this is a topic that comes up often on this podcast. It's probably come up often on TMA. And if anybody really would ever come at me with that, there it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a steep climb because I know where I am and I also know my track record. So I don't even think twice about it. Uh, if anything, I'm on the complete opposite end of it. But it, it, but, but it's not because I'm like, oh man, I better hire some African American talent, or otherwise people will find out that I'm a bigot. I think it's. I also think the same with hiring women as well for on-air talent is to, to give a variety of different perspectives, because I think it's better for the content because your life experiences are different. But it's not just limited to 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 that to go. Okay, you know, now I'll be safe. It's you know be great to have somebody who's a gay sports fan, gay or lesbian, whatever the case might be. Not because it'd be like, okay, look at me, look how progressive I am. I just think it'd be interesting to get that perspective, you know? So that's where I'm coming from on it. I, I think it's very, you know, this has been going on for a long time. I feel like it certainly has intensified over the last month or two, but to throw around calling somebody a bigot I feel like there's a, 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 a substantial burden of proof needed on that because you can destroy somebody on that. And, um, and, I, and I, I feel like that is what is going on right now. It's like, is somebody actually practicing racial discrimination or truly believes one race is superior over another? Or did somebody tell a joke that now isolated on Twitter or isolated on a blog in 2020 at this moment looks terrible, you know? But is that person actually a bigot who is treating people poorly because that person is of this sexual orientation or this race or this religion? And I think most people would agree with me in that it is the latter. So there is actually, I think, becoming a negative reaction in some quarters of America right now to what is perceived to be... Um, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, 
uh, outings that aren't necessarily real outings of bigots. But it's like, oh, you wrote this on social media or you did this. And it's just de delving in the stuff that you were talking about with regarding the cancellation, Pete. Yeah, I think it'd be more effective to educate ignorant people than to destroy their whole life. So, I mean, what I think we did, and it was an accident, and it was the credit goes to Alvin Mack, but when he came in here... He was awesome. I think it really did help inform people. Here is something I will say about that, and, I, and that's Alvin. That's not me. It happened to be on our podcast, but it wasn't It wasn't like, I've got a wonderful idea. Look at what I did. It, Alvin did it, and it was great, and it gave people an opportunity to hear from someone as to their experiences, but not that person going, oh, this person's trying to win in public office or get reelected. Something I've noticed... And I don't know, Pete, if you've noticed it. I don't know if our audience has noticed it. I personally love it. I love it. Is for the first time in my life, when I am around, you know, um, all white people, which of course is most of the time, um, but there's this kind of like, I don't even know the way to describe it. I call it latent racism, um, where it's like, kind of like chuckle chuckle about something that's it's not like we are wonderfully the superior race that kind of stupid shit that that I mean I haven't heard that stuff in my life but but just like you know just like a shitty thing that I'm just kind of like oh casual racism yeah just like oh I guess that's great you know and it's like yeah that stuff bothers like, me too yeah it's just like it's just like I, you know I don't go hold on a second I just I'm like oh okay I don't really want to bang around this crap it's just dumb for lack of a better term that now what is actually in vogue is to not only not say that shit, but say shit that is actually, for lack of a better term, positive. Like if it were, quote unquote, socially acceptable to be a bigot before, it is now more socially acceptable. Again, these are in my circles and it's not like everybody's hanging out with everybody right now uh, to shit on bigotry. And I I love see I love seeing that and, I, and I've noticed it over like the last month month and a half. <laughs> I am you pro. You know I, yeah, I have, and I am oh, definitely. Interesting. I'm definitely really pro shitting on bigotry. Yes, I'd, I'd stand. I, thought, on, I stand I behind you're that. Tell a story as well because oh, yeah, no. it's like I've just noticed it, and it's like it's a great thing. No, but a lot of times, like some of that stuff, people let slide too. Now people are more willing to like say something too when they hear it instead of just letting it go. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't even heard it, but again, it's not like we're hanging out with a bunch of people. It's just, it's just, it's just something I've noticed. Again, this is limited stuff. I mean, essentially all I'm doing is being at work and then playing golf. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my life. And of course, hanging out with my wife and my son at that, but I mean, I was telling somebody there, I'm like, God, I haven't been at a restaurant, like eaten inside a restaurant since, I was telling Anna Marie, my wife, since March. I mean, you're we're approaching four months. What about you? Have you been to a restaurant? Uh, yeah, I've been to some restaurants. And dined in? I've dined in. All right, look yeah. at you. Uh, and so I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I, now that I think about it, I haven't really been anywhere. But yeah, in these in these limited circles, it's like, oh, I, I actually notice uh, a difference. So I, with regard, I mean, the question was about Bill Simmons and the ringer. And the honest <laughs> answer is I don't, I, I truly don't know the details of the story. Um. You know, but I mean, you know, in, in my experience, I know what I tried to do. I'm comfortable in saying Mike Claiborne would, uh, hell, there's probably text messages about it, would vouch for this. Um, Brian Burwell, of course, has passed away. I just, I always thought it was, and still do think it is important, but not just like, oh man, if I don't hire a black person, I will be called a racist. So we need, that's not where I am. I, I want, I want 
I want a variety. And if that means we have, you know, it, like, oh, we don't, we're not just checking a box, like a variety. I, I, just, I just don't care. I want the best talent. That's it. I want the best talent. Couldn't give a shit. Oh, both the guys hosting the show are gay. Great. I just don't care. Both the guys hosting the show are black. Great. Don't care. What's the best talent, you know, and what's going to give a variety of perspectives? Because what we did, all because of Alvin Mack's idea by having Alvin come in and tell his experiences, I think it opened up people's eyes and they listened. Whereas if it would have been take your pick of a politician, like if it would have, if we would have booked Jesse Jackson, for example, or Al Sharpton. Agenda. People would have turned it off and rolled their eyes, but they listened because Alvin was speaking first person because there was no itinerary for his career. He just wanted to tell his experiences to help people understand. So it was more organic and real. And that's how I would, I would handle it from a hiring practice standpoint, how I've tried to in the past. Uh, let's see. Uh, this question regards station business that I am not in a position to comment on. Um, and, uh, you know, I understand it being asked, but it's not something that I can comment on. Hopefully, uh, Mike, you uh, understand, but I understand you asking. I'm not like, what the hell are you doing asking that question? Uh, so one of the qu one of the pictures that I include here, what do you have a picture of Adam Wainwright smiling and pointing at the plowhawk while Michael Waka covers himself up with a piece of paper to avoid being interviewed. So plowhawk, uh, plowhawk, uh, we love you. The cat, we love you. Love. Uh, and then a picture of me, Doug and the cat, and then a picture of Blake Blossom, another one of my discoveries, further proving that the only value I have to society is finding up and coming adult stars. Uh, and then a picture of me interviewing Barry. Uh, Damn, look at the hair on that. Look twig. at that. <laughs> look at that. Picture of me interviewing Barry Bonds. I believe this was 2000. It may have been 2001. And I have my media credential around my neck. <laughs> Uh, I have a full head of hair. He's huge. And he is absolutely, I mean, <laughs> for real, I could sublease him. And, uh, God, I just, I look at that. And so this next question, the reason I'm bringing this up is because the next question says, uh, if you could go back in time and talk to the young Tim that's interviewing Barry Bonds, we're talking 20 years ago and it might be almost 20 years to the day. Because I do, because I don't. Two thousand one was when he hit seventy three home runs, and I don't think I interviewed him then. That's interviewing Barry Bonds. What advice would you give him? Don't stop taking Propecia. Boy, that's right. I wasn't even thinking that, but now that you brought it up, it's so true. Did you ever get on that shit? No, I. You'd I just, have a full head of hair if you did. I just let it go. I heard it has uh, effects down there. Yeah, I didn't want to mess with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess once you get to a certain age, it can. I mean, I was taking it. I started taking it ninety eight, so I was twenty one. And I held on to my hair and then I stopped taking it when I stopped doing TV and then it fell out. It's just a motherfucker. But I just look at that. God, I mean, it, I, I mean, that, that, that kid there <laughs> is closer in age to my son. Oh, wow. Than I, than, than to me. So that's eye opening. Oh, I guess probably almost to the um, it's midpoint, which is just like, holy shit. Um, yeah, I'm 23 years old there. 23 years old and just couldn't be happier to be working in St. Louis in television. I mean, that, that, that's what I think. And how great of a time that really was a great time. That was a great time. And I did appreciate it. And I did enjoy it. But at the time, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, um, in doing television in St. Louis was probably as good of a four or five year stretch as you could have because all three teams were incredible. And Missouri football beat Nebraska in 2003 and they went to whatever those, you know, 
you would go to when you win six games bowls. I didn't, but Missouri basketball had some damn good teams. I got to see Missouri play Duke in Greensboro in the NCAA tournament and kind of hang with them briefly. And that's a team that, you know, that Duke team had Jason Williams, uh, Jay Williams now, uh, Dunleavy, uh, Chris Duhon, Battier, Battier, uh, God, I don't know. I mean, it's like you, you look at the 2001 Duke team. I'm like, I watched them play from courtside, the Rams Super Bowl, the Blues won the President's Trophy. I mean, I was in Little Rock a month beforehand, like just trying to get a job in East Lansing, you know. And then I'm in St. Louis on a private, not a private, but a chartered flight to San Jose for the first round of the playoffs. And here goes Chris Pronger and Al McKinnis and Pierre Turgeon and Joel Quenville and Larry Plo. And, you know, I'm going, what in the, and I'm staying at the Fairmount in San Jose. It's just like, what? It happened so quickly and it was so great. And I truly do appreciate it. I didn't really enjoy doing television because you couldn't color outside the box. I think if they would have let me color outside of the box, it would have been better for all parties involved. But, you know, you kind of stay within the lines, I guess. I don't know. I was just so happy to be here that I didn't really fuck off. Um, but what would I, the Propecia thing is a great answer, Gangster Pete. Um, God, boy, it's such a good question, too. It really makes you think. I mean, it's, it's essentially asking, what would you tell yourself 20 years earlier? I mean, you could have the same thing. It's just, I'm looking at that person. And I'm knowing all of the things that would come over the next 20 years. God, I don't know. Um, don't get into poker. <laughs> I would actually say that because I think that had a domino effect on a variety of things. Um, God. Uh, hire an agent and capitalize on the fact that you're in St. Louis at 23 because I should have capitalized on that more. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have been happier but uh, that's certainly something. And, uh, God, I don't know, man. I don't know. What would you tell yourself 20 years ago, Gangster Pete, your 19-year-old your self? Uh, go to classes now so you don't have to go back to school later. Yeah, you did do that. Also, leave earlier so you don't get so many parking tickets. Oh, you got hit with that. Oh, yeah. I'd park right in front of the building, then get yeah. a phone call every month. Yeah. Getting yelled at. It's fun. Good times. Um, it's a great question. I mean, it really does force you to pause. God, I don't know. Some of it I can't, I can't, again, I can't get into. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I really did run good. I mean, I, I absolutely did. I, and I, I know people don't want to hear you say that actually. They want you to talk about things you regret, but, uh, you know, I mean, I mean that, you know, I'm looking at that, that, that 23 year old hadn't really done a whole lot, uh, at that particular moment in May or June of 20, uh, or 2000. And, uh, you know, Ooh, uh, study abroad. I should have studied abroad when I had the chance during my undergrad. It's a nice play. It's a nice play. I've since got the opportunity to go some places and man, it would have been so fun to do that. Yeah. A lot of people say that. I was, I, so, ignor I was so ignorant at the time. I was just like, everything I need's here. Yeah. So dumb. Uh, no, I, I definitely have that. Uh, now I want to see everything. Feeling for my son. Um, so I don't know, man. It's a great, it's a great question. I, I always just want to answer as honestly as I can. And sometimes the answer is I don't know, or sometimes the answer is I can't really elaborate. Uh, let's see. Girls are icky, but who's the blonde? That's Blake Blossom. And I'm glad somebody actually knew the answer. How great is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's Gangster Pete. Yeah. Yeah. She's a winner. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm just going in order on the fan. I'm just going through the fan page, and then God only knows how many emails we're going to get to. I said we're cutting off at 1.30, so we have 35 minutes. 
Um, best big naturals on browsers these days. What a wonderful question. Um, let's see. Uh, God, I don't know. Oh, La Serena 69. I am such a fan. I really recommend following her on Instagram. I'll check it out. I have not been this big of a fan of somebody in a long time. So, uh, that is, uh, that that's my recommendation. La Serena 69. Uh, let's see. Uh, Carlos spicy wiener. He has a two parter. Uh, Who's a solid candidate to be Gabby's boyfriend, given her request, given her recent tweet? <laughs> and how do you feel about fake secret fan pages? Uh, <laughs> I, I, number one, I, I, I saw her tweet and I thought, Iggy. So I thought. Um, on the, what do they call it? Is it the Kinsian scale? Are you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like who has the most potentially by tendencies of the dais. Well, that'd definitely be Iggy. Okay, yeah. He, I he think dreams I think, about I, men. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I think that 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 would, so Iggy would have to be in that category. I mean, otherwise, unless there's somebody on the fan page who everybody knows is a bisexual man, I'd be going into outing people, and I don't know any of these people who are. Um, so Iggy, by default, and how do I feel about fake secret fan pages? Uh, I don't really know much about them. Um Gangster Peter, are you on any fake secret fan pages? I'm not a fan of fan pages in general, but uh, I don't even know the fake one exists. I'm sure they love me. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't I don't have a strong um, opinion on it. Uh, you might imagine I have a lot on my plate, and you know it's just kind of not something I uh, think about. I don't think I'm on any of them. I'm on the, the TMA fan page, um, so I I wouldn't know. Um, Oh, sports question. Just shows how like out of touch I am with sports. What do I think is the strategy of the Cardinals with Dylan Carlson playing time in a 60-game season? I would imagine he will play a hell of a lot if this even happens. I mean, honestly, when I see a sports question, my reaction is if it even happens. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And and I'm telling you, there are a lot of people involved in these uh, team sports that share the same opinion. I'm just hoping golf hangs on. I, I mean, once I saw people on the tour getting getting right. and caddies, and I'm going, okay, if that's happening, you you were always of the opinion that we were going to see college football this year. Where are you now, Gangster Pete? I mean, I'm hopeful that we'll see college football, but I mean, it doesn't look as good. Uh, second wave's coming; it's happening. Like we're getting higher cases, uh, so yeah, I'm worried about it. I noticed that the, the if you that that that's the saying second wave is coming is apparently a political thing. Did you know that? No, I don't because, know that. I just know I that know you don't care, but I'm saying that. I, so like, Doug will say second wave is coming, and then immediately we get a bunch of texts saying I didn't. Oh, it's still the like, first wave. Oh, okay. And I don't know why that's political, but I, I just, it, I just it feels more like a second wave, I guess, because we kind of forgot about it for a minute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I just, I, I mean, I hope, but God, I just, I just, I don't, I mean, of, of the four major sports, the NFL, obvious to me anyway, being the obvious one that is the least likely, uh, I guess, I don't know. I mean, then NBA, NHL, flip a coin, baseball, I would guess would be the most likely to be able to do it. But look at the PGA Tour dealing with it. It's dealing with, but they're still going forward. Um, instead of asking about 
Ken and Karen in the Central West End, how about some levity? This is concerning those IG battles where two artists play 20 of their best songs to see who has the better songs. If you could pick two hip-hop artists or groups to play their best 20 against each other, who would it be? I like that question. That's from uh, Tim. We're not going into man uh, to uh, government names. I go with Brooklyn's Finest. Hove versus Biggie. It's a nice play. I'd love, I'd love to do that matchup. See, I'm going to go with the two who were killed. I'm going to keep one of your answers and then add Pac. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that'd be good too. Wouldn't that be great? How to go? I don't know how to go off, but uh, that, from my standpoint, would be the absolute. Best. I'm a Biggie guy. I like, I love Tupac also, but I side more with Biggie. See, and I'm a, I'm a Tupac guy. I think most people are, from what I gather. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't know what that's about. I wonder why, why do you think more people will? I don't know. I, don't but know. I just wasn't all, I mean, I was certainly familiar with him, but I wasn't nearly as familiar with him as I was with Tupac. Yeah. I go back to Tupac with Digital Underground. Tupac, Tupac and uh, Drake are like the same. They're both kind of like fake gangsters. And oh, wow. Biggie really was you know, a gangster. The, the most heat of this entire thing would be gangster <laughs> Pete pining on Tupac of all things. Who would have thought this is what it'd be about for all the people listening to try to try to get me. I mean, he became more of a gangster it's later gangster in life Pete than he was growing up. Calling Tupac a fake gangster. That'll be the thing that gets the most. Oh, oh was a G for real. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did go to like a creative arts school with Jada Pinkett, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that where you're taking Yeah, he's like an from? actor and stuff, yeah. I mean, Talking about poetic justice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but even before that, I mean, uh, he's just really, see. he's really good at uh, describing what he sees. Uh, next question. I'm not sure if they, if I need bleach for this, but if you, uh, this goes into the business stuff that I, uh, can't, uh, but I, I guess I can answer it in one sense. I'm under contract at KFNS through the end of 2021. So oftentimes people ask, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Well, I'm under contract. So uh, that's the situation. So hopefully that helps explain and answer the question that Charlie, you asked. Uh, let's see. Timmy recaps already. Asked one, but he asks good questions. I'm trying to get through them all uh, on the fan page, and then I'll turn to the email. We might actually get through more than I ever anticipated. You asked me to resend this from last year. Worth noting, I originally sent this before serious talk of buying the station, so it's not a dig of any sort. Uh, given the current obstacles radio faces, radio ownership in the future seems like a questionable investment with minimal potential for asset appreciation. With cell phones owning the lion's share of how we consume media, there has never been more competition for media time and ad dollars. As most tech-savvy people utilize their travel time by podcasting, SiriusXM, 35 million subscribers, Spotify, 100 million subscribers, and streaming, what is the future of radio? It looks as though FM radio is all but dead, maybe 7 to 10 years max before it's pushed out of the market. And with there being so many free podcasts, I can tailor my specific wants and needs when it comes to hot take sports shows, long-form interviews, or whatever else you'd expect to hear on most AM radio shows. Uh, it's a great question. Um, I have touched on it, I, uh, I think, a few times, but I'm happy to answer again because I don't expect everybody to listen to every single thing. Um, I guess what my I, I'm answering it with a question. My question is, can you point to a local uh, show that left terrestrial radio and then only went on a podcast and continued to make as much as it was making that's and i hope i hope i did it pete how did i do on that i understand what you're saying but you but perhaps somebody because you know the 
the, the situation. You right. Know what I mean, so the, the premise is, I get it. I mean, Joe Rogan, of course, is like the go-to default click example right now. But let, let's say I'm just using I'm just using Randy Carricker just because I, the first name that popped into mind, somebody at 101, and he decided to leave 101 and start his own podcast. That's what I'm talking about. That's and so he's no longer getting paid by Hubbard, which owns 101. Uh, he is now on his own with a podcast. That and, and so that's the issue. So yes, nationally. Absolutely. But locally. And that's what we're talking about. And so. So are you saying just uh, podcasts or they'd have also have like a streaming option as well, like a live streaming? Certainly have streaming as well. Absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it without that so because I mean, the live element of our show is so significant. that right. I would I wouldn't do it if that weren't an option. And so we've you know, it's certainly something we've you know, we've, we've I've had. I, listen, I think I said it on last week's. I had uh, someone who wanted to, uh, and still does want to invest, but this person is more interested in investing if we were to not buy a radio station. Um, you know, reason being essentially what Timmy recaps presented in his question. And it's, it, listen, I, I, there are people inside of my own, uh, group who are of the opinion that there is not a need for a radio station. But again, something that so often gets, you know, lost in discussions of the business of our business is the actual dollars. And it's tough because you can't really get into it. Uh, I guess eventually perhaps I will be able to, no matter what winds up happening, uh, because I think it's healthy to do with the audience. I don't think, I don't think, because essentially those are the statistics. So if, you know, John Mazalock or Bill DeWitt came on and refused to talk about OPS or ERA, it'd be a little weird. Uh, but I guess people get a little hypersensitive when it comes to money. And I, I realize, you know, you start talking about, you know, certain dollar figures and people get their defense up or it becomes a, oh, hashtag blessed shit. And, and, and that's not what it is because you're talking about a company's revenue. And then you're also talking about a company's expenses. You're not talking about an individual's um, income. And they're all different, but they all impact each other. And so what I continue to say anytime that topic is brought up, if we were to solely be uh, a podcast, which again, I, as I'm making no secret of, I have- And enough, streaming. And streaming. If we were to go digital, there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm in all-encompassing, which is what I should have been saying from the beginning. How much of the St. Louis advertising revenue uh, pie would we get versus also having radio? That's the question. And it's art over science. Um, but I would also tell you this, because there's two, there's, you know, talking about a P&L here. Uh, there's also another side, of course, of the P&L. You're talking about your expenses. And without question, the expenses would be lower. Without question. So therefore, if your revenue does decline, and I would assure you the revenue would decline. I'm, that's that's all day long. I would imagine everybody can agree with me on that, even though I know I'm talking about numbers that I know and everybody listening does not know, including Pete. Uh, and you're talking about expenses. I would tell you that the expenses would decline at a higher rate than the revenue. So therefore, even if the revenue is down, your margin may increase. And listen, it is something that is a real thought process. It is a real thought process. It, and I said, it, and they're not like arguments inside of our group. It's just a healthy debate uh, inside of our group. But when, when you start talking about Sirius and you start talking about Spotify, while it's relevant to the future of radio, it isn't relevant to our 
business model in 2020. And I think I've said this before, um, which again should be the name of this podcast, <laughs> but, but because I want, I don't want to like leave things out and say, yeah, listen to the questions from the audience from June 10th or something. You know, I want to give answers, um, that the, the, the question really gets down to how many people would come over and, and, you're right now at this moment in 2020, you already have a steep climb generating advertising revenue. So now you bring something that is uh, brand new in St. Louis anyway to uh, to an advertiser and you're going to have some pushback and it might get difficult to get accomplished. And so you, that that's that's something that we, you know, when we discuss it, we... That's something that we get into. Gangster Pete, you're welcome to opine. I know I exactly yeah. know where you are on it. Well, yeah, I'm a fan of the all digital route. Uh, I also think that being the first to market, if you have a successful product, uh, there's advantages to that. I also think that if there's any show that could do it, it's TMA. Uh, well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's TMA. I think there's Rizzuto. I think there's Glover. Um, you know, I, and I, I'm not, I say that and it's, I, it's not said to be, it's just, it's just like, I know that those shows have right, yeah, audiences. Yeah. Frank opinion has a monster, uh, audience, a loyal audience. Uh, you know, so, you know, those kinds of shows where you have these mobilized audiences, I agree. And I agree. Yeah. And, and obviously people inside of our group do as and well. And I think you, you take, you try to get the same investment you get if you're buying the radio station and you use that to kind of cover some of your personnel costs for the first couple of years. And I think by the time you're past that, it'll be a lot more normal. Right. And I think being the first one in that market space would be a big advantage. Yeah. No, I, I listen, it's again, I, and, and you also are aware of some of the things that we have. Oh yeah. That, that are not, I'm not saying it's foolproof view there and it's not my money. No, I'm, t- I'm talking about all the things we have that make it, that make it a positive. Oh yeah, definitely. That, 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 that the public is not aware. And there's of other revenue streams that we don't have at this moment that we could have immediately right. as well. So I uh, listen, it's, it's a, it's a worthy discussion. It is not, and it's not said. This, I this, think it's this, a fun this, debate. This it is because it is, it's art and science. I, it, it can't happen really when people are under contract. I mean, that, right. that's the other thing. People say, well, why don't you just do, why don't you just do a podcast? Okay. I'm under contract. So, that's that's the reality of it. It's it's that simple. And I know that might. It's kind of like when somebody's all worked up about something, and then you go, okay, well then don't listen. And they go, well that you know, but but that, I mean, that's the answer, right? So not that people are all worked up about this, but yeah, here's here's why I can't. I am under contract, so that is the situation. Um, and I am under contract for another eighteen months, so that is that's the situation. Uh, but it's a great question and I like discussing it as well because it is, a de- it is a debate, but I also know what our strategy is. Our strategy is to utilize the radio to build as a promotional vehicle for the digital to get both the audience and the advertisers comfortable with those platforms as a mechanism to monetize more so than what they are at this particular moment. Some may go right now, some 25 year olds listening to this going, who the hell is uncomfortable with podcasting? And I would go, yes, you're exactly right. However, the people who oftentimes are the ones who the ad buyers are not, especially if they are uh, local direct, which means like a local business that isn't bought by an ad agency. And if you are bought by an ad agency, you're wanting 500,000 downloads or something like that. And there is nobody in this market who has that. I guess they're apparently there are people who run around and say it, but <laughs> I'm telling you that that is not the case. 
Uh, TMA has 275,000 downloads. Is that right, Gangster Pete? About average 275,000 downloads. Well, that's just month. through the where it's Libsyn. Libsyn. Yeah, that's, that's that doesn't include streaming right, or anything right. like that. Right, but just to, to give you an idea. Yeah. So, you know, if you think, I mean, you know, this guy who's just doing some a podcast months are close is to telling you that he's got 500,000, you're just like, okay. But I mean, it's one of those things when somebody started a website 15 years ago and they go, yeah, you have 30 million unique visitors. It's like, no, you don't, but. You know, eventually you'll be exposed when the advertisers don't get any return, and then you'll, you know, have that reputation. So you have at it, I guess. You got to do what you got to do. Um, here's the next question. I'm just reading in order. Is there any appetite to just pull from radio completely and do podcasts only? Uh, <laughs> per Tim's question above, it's in reference to me, Recap's question, it could potentially save a ton of overhead costs. However, I understand the team are all under contract, so probably easier said than done. <laughs> These are one of these things that I sometimes read this. <laughs> And th I just have to, uh, here's what I will say. This thing about, I, I don't know where it comes from, where everybody's like, yeah, their contract situation, this guy's contract. I don't know where people get it because I know that people themselves aren't saying it. So I don't know where it comes from. Right. Like there have been things in the past and they go, yeah, well, that was just a contract negotiating. And I'm going, motherfucker, I don't even have a contract. But people just like, and, and it's like, and then people just like, but I, at the same time, I can't blame them because if you read it, then you think it's real, but it's not real. So, you know, that's something I would say. Um, uh, but I, I am under contract and, uh, that's, that's again, these are fair questions, but I also, that's why I like doing this because it allows me to answer some questions and perhaps correct some misinformation. Um, that people aren't spreading with malice. It's not like people are spreading. They just assume, but that's not, that's not the case. Um, and you know, and that, this is not the case with me. Um, but it is, I mean, my first, we were talking about KMOV and me looking at that 23 year old me interviewing Barry Bonds by definition, my contract. And I don't know if, uh, Courtney Bryant, when she was in here, talked about it on or off. Um, but I, I recall her talking, um, and at this point, I think the ship has sailed so I can say this about how she had a contract and like, yeah, and they really have to pay me for all three years. Right. And I'm going, boy, isn't that just sad? Yeah. Cause the public has no idea. But th the reality is when I signed at KMOV thrilled, I mean, shit, I would have, I would have worked in, you know, Montana, uh, much less my hometown at 23. And I was leaving cause the situation in Little Rock was a mess. So I just wanted out. But my contract was actually a series of, I guess, 12, 13 week contracts. In other words, they could whack me and only pay me 13 weeks. Uh, and they were all renewable. So I guess if we were in week 12, they could owe me, they'd owe me a week. And it's a, a take it or leave it proposition. And most broad, broadcast contracts are still now comparable. Even some of the people who you would think are invincible. The, the no-cut deal, as it's called, is very rare in, in broadcasting. They're more NFL uh, comparable than they would be uh, MLB comparable to give you somewhat of an analogy. I was just, I'm just about to make that. Analogy. All right. Nice. Um, so, you know, I could have gotten fired from KMOV and they wouldn't have owed me anything or they would owe me 13 weeks at the max, but I couldn't leave KMOV. I was under contract. I think it was, it was through for three years. It was a three-year deal and then a two-year deal. Um, and then I think I probably had a one-year non-compete after that. And I'm sure people are listening to this going, no way. And I'm just like, oh, man, at this point, I'm I'm done. Very rarely do people, you know, are in a position where they have a form and they can talk about it. But, I mean, it is, from my standpoint, just amazing. But that's the reality of the broadcasting business. And what am I going to do 
No, I am 23 years old and I am making, as you can imagine, what is essentially a pittance in Little Rock and I'm in Little Rock and I will not come home unless you drop this 13 week clause and you take away my non-compete. What do you think their reaction would have been at KMOV in March of 2000, Gangster Pete? Bye. Yeah. So that's the game. And because there's so many people for so few jobs, talent winds up agreeing to these terms. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the background on, you know, these, uh, these deals. Uh, is Munoz going to be a play back to back this week on DraftKings? I don't know. I'd have to ask my guy. Not uh, if he puts like that. So you were aware of Munoz last week oh, yeah, and how great he was as far as tee to green. Yeah. Ball striking. He was, he was on, he played 36 holes, 31 of 36 in regulation. And then three of the five that he missed was he was on the fringe. Yeah. So, I mean, he had to have the worst putting statistics of anybody. You can't, I mean, and he shot even both days. I kind of so wish, I, I, kinda wish right. I had like a compilation of his putts just so I could see oh, so how you actually did, were invested in him. Just so I can see how it happened. My guy was beside himself over. It. I don't know if this was an attempted sharpshoot at my guy. I don't know. I have no idea, but, um, but yeah, he, cause I go, cause I was thinking, well, I guess my guy was off on this. And then he texted me, he goes, how about this statistic? Cause I didn't watch it. And he goes, Munoz was on 31 to 36 greens and regulation. And then the three, three of the five he missed, he was on the fringe, which means he's putting unless it was a monster and he just wanted to chip it up there. But the, the point being, and he shot even and he missed the cut. So he's like, God, my model was so right, but he just putted so poorly. And then there was a guy who was playing way above his head putting. Um, and that those stats usually regress. Putting is your, your largest variance statistic. Uh, let's see. What is Iggy's favorite cuss word? I don't know on that one. Do you have an answer on that? That's probably F bomb. Yeah. You, know, you would assume, um, that's his favorite on the golf course. Yeah, definitely. He gets fired up there. All right. Now I'm going into the emails. Uh, what time? So I have 20 minutes. Look at, look at us. All right, Gangster Pete, we got a billion of these, but I want to try to make We're knocking out. We're going to break a record. Tim, YouTube TV just announced a price increase to sixty four ninety nine. You just said that before yeah. we started, Gangster Pete. Yep. Is this? Are you Ty? Uh, I don't know if this person wants their name out there. Dogtown Ty? Nope, okay. but I, I probably read the same thing. All right. We are getting to a point where internet TV providers are constantly raising prices, something we all should see have seen coming. My theory is that That's media what providers... I yeah, we should have seen it coming. Are coming in together and driving up the price of their programming for internet TV providers after losing their ass to them over the last few years. What was once a group think like necessity for companies like Viacom, CBS to join has now become a big red line on the balance sheet considering traditional TV companies are still charging out the ass for programming and getting it. Can't complain because I love the freedom of the service. We should pay a fair price, capitalism 101, but I almost wish they wouldn't have lowballed themselves in the first place and stuck with it for longer periods of time. I suppose we have more to worry about these days, but would love the opinions of two media tycoons. Gangster Pete were media tycoons. Oh, wow. Uh, good luck in your next match, Tim. I always like what you <laughs> And congrats on the recent your recent rise, Gangster Pete. Long may he reign. <laughs> Thanks, man. From Dogtown Tie. I don't really have a strong feeling on this. I'm reading in order, so sometimes this is what's going to happen. Gangster Pete, you brought it up before we started recording, so you have some semblance of a story. Yeah, I mean, it's still way cheaper than what I was paying with DirecTV, but uh, I kind of wish I would have kept YouTube TV a secret instead of telling everybody about it. Yeah, it is great. Might have been able to reap the benefits a little bit longer. Yeah, so. I, I am. Uh, I, I, I mean, once you have it, it's like, holy shit, I can't believe I didn't have it for that right. long, you know? But I mean, um, every time I see the price increase, I'm like, man, I should have seen it coming. So what it was it? Forty nine ninety nine. Now it's going up 
Now it's sixty-five. Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a legitimate increase. Oh yeah, that's a they they are adding increase. channels and things like that. But I mean, I just use the sports and yeah. HBO and all that. Um, this is a good one. How do you balance the philosophies of don't don't fuck with happiness and take your shot, i.e., the New York opportunity and the recent developments? I struggle with this in my life. When do I stay content with what I have, and when do I take a shot? That's from Jared. Uh, outstanding question, because truthfully, it's something that I am spending a lot of time on. Um, you know, it's uh, Gangster Pete, I'll yield to you to buy time, but I also am really curious what your answer is. As a guy who pursued an MBA and got one, so you I mean, I'm I'm back. always from the camp that shooters shoot. Yeah, uh, I've taken chances. Some have worked out. Some haven't. Uh, but I I would rather know than not know. You know, and I I've, I've always had the philosophy that I'm willing to bet on myself because I believe in me. Yeah. So if it doesn't work out, I'll find another opportunity. I uh, God, I'm gonna try to answer this. So. And I don't think I'm really, I don't think I'm, because it's all personal stuff. Um, but I'm just still trying to just mind my P's and Q's. I am at such a good place with doing what we have done over the last, I guess, essentially a month and a half, probably almost to the day, I think, actually. Um, because we did everything we could. And... I couldn't have said that on May 15th. And so it's one of those things, I guess I'll attempt to make a golf analogy. You know, I lost in a, in like the C flight of our club championship thing, not the fan page thing where, you know, handicaps are. Where they have gins. <laughs> yes. In the club championship where people have gins and you know, it's like the C flight. And so everybody's like a, I don't know, eight to 11, probably, you know, I mean, so solid golfers, but you know, I mean, there's, there's flights, you know, there's a flight with people who are plus and they played college golf and they play in events, you know, met amateur events and so on and so forth. I mean, I can't, you know, there's, a, you know, I can say I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to beat those people. I can't do it. I also can't go out and throw 95 miles an hour. So there's just certain things that, you know, and so I lost, I think it was my second or third round match. Great guy. And I think I shot 74, which is on the low end of my range of realistic outcomes. And he shot 72. And he still sees me and he goes, that is still the best round I've ever had. And I go, isn't it amazing? You know, that, and we really don't care. I mean, you care because you're competitive, you care. But it's not like we're playing for like $25,000 or something. You know, you're playing for like $100 in shop credit. I mean, it's it's just for the ability to compete and get the feeling of competition for people who used to be able to compete, you know, and things where you could move more. Uh, I think that sums it up. So, so you know if somebody were a really sandbag to win a hundred dollars in shop credit, it, you know, you so you don't even think, you don't even think about, plus you can look up people's gins on the gin app. And it's like, you really would have to play an elaborate ruse to like post false scores. So and the point being, he just played over his head and I played over my head too. Again. Now, if I would have shot a 65, now we're going, okay, that's really not possible. But a 74, uh, is possible. I've shot 70. I think my lowest round there is 72, I think. But to do it in that situation, it's like, what else could I have done? So that's how we come full circle on the question. It's like, I did everything. And so when you can lay your head down on the pillow and go, okay, I, I, I know, I know, I know that I did everything I could and we did everything we could. You, what else can you do? I, and that's the thing. It's kind of where it is. Um, 
so, so, you know, but two years ago, I believe it was two years ago. Yeah, it was. I lost a club championship match and I imploded. Uh, and, and it, I can't begin to tell you how much it bothered me. I was embarrassed by it. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to talk with my wife about it. I said, <laughs> I, yeah, all right. This is full transparency. One of my advisors would say, open kimono. Uh, that's where we're going on this. And I don't know. I have no idea what I shot. Open kimono. I, you like, if you're, yeah, have you ever heard that term? I don't no, know if that's like, like a common business term that people are like, oh, wow, cutting edge shit here. Like we all use this. But for me, being a novice, I never hear it. Have, like you, heard, it. have you heard open kimono MBA? Not not since a couple of seconds ago. <laughs> so I like it. Yeah. And, and I think this guy would also say that I'm a better player than him. But, you know, I imploded. I mean, I absolutely choked and it's just fucking embarrassing. Not because again, it's like, what are we playing? We're playing for like a hundred dollars in shop credit. Who cares? But it's like the first time really kind of playing. Cause I, I just took the game back up in late summer, 2016. And so it's not like I was a veteran of like recognizing the feelings that you start recognizing when you're competing and playing golf and how you gotta, you know, I was watching Fred couples on Faraday last night. They replayed that. And he talked about how he just absolutely like he didn't even know where he was as he imploded on the back nine in the 1990 PGA championship. Boom, boom. And what's that? Boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. And and I think people look at couples and go, he's like the coolest golfer ever, but here he is. He's getting emotional about things a couple of different times when he won the Houston open, just cause that's where he went to school. And when he went to the world golf hall of fame and he, you know, so he's capable of it. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like it, it disappointed me to know I was capable of that. Like I didn't know I was capable of that. And I was really, upset with myself. The analogy here is now you recognize those feelings. And so you recognize them when they're there and you just kind of like, oh, okay, I know what this is. It's a, whatever you just deal with it. Um, it's one of those, it's just one of those things. And anybody who's played competitive golf knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and this, I'm talking about the sea flight of a club championship <laughs> playing like a 10 handicap. So we got to keep things in context here. Um, and so it that one really bothered me in a major way because I lost it. When I lost and I shot a 74, which again at that time was on the low end of my possible score outcome. I don't think I'm, even at this moment, I don't think I could shoot in the 60s there yet. Uh, and let's say I went out and shot a 71 and I lost. I'm playing a guy who's a great guy. Um, used to be like a two, an absolute bomber. The fact that he's in my flight is... Uh, you know, an illustration of how much he doesn't get to play anymore. But, uh, you know, um, you know, if I shoot a 71, he shoots 70. You're like, shit, that's great. I shot a 71. I wouldn't even think, cause that's the thing. It's kind of your, yourself. Uh, so the premise being with regard to this question, uh, if you know, you took your shot and it didn't work out, but you played your game that's where I find peace. So it's a long way to get to that statement, but that's how I feel. And, and so I didn't feel good about the situation in mid-May. I wouldn't describe the current situation as pleasant, but I can tell you I'm at peace with it. So hopefully that helps answer the question. Uh, next question. Uh, maybe only time for a couple more. Hey, Tim, longtime listener in Lemming. I have been a listener since the beginning of the grind. My question is, are you... <laughs> still seeking to acquire the station after 
Uh, so again, those, uh, questions and I'm not, I'm, I'm just laughing because I should have been <laughs> responsible and read these and just like, you know, but I have mad respect for all you guys have built and hope to see it continue for years to come. Take care. And in Hoke, uh, he signs his name. So I'll say it. Stuart Meyer. Um, I would say that, uh, I don't know what I can and can't say, I guess is what I would say. And so therefore I'm an error on the side of caution, but, um, I don't know what I can and can't say. So I guess I'll err on the side of caution. So it's a terrible answer. It's a good, it's a fair question. I mean, I anticipated these questions, which is why I said it at the outset. I just, uh, should have read through emails before reading them. And, and, uh, but, um, you know, I don't know how to answer the question because again, there is a confidentiality clause and I, uh, you know, want to adhere to that. Um, let's see. Um, uh, this one was sent last week. Uh, in case you're keeping a running list. Um, first time, long time. With the lack of live sports, I found myself spending more time watching YouTube videos to feed my sports fix. In particular, I like to watch golf videos. During the past several months, I have discovered a few channels that I love. One is called Golf Sidekick, and the other is Golf Mates. Knowing how much you love golf, I was wondering if you knew of either of these channels or had others that you enjoy watching. Pete, feel free to chime in as well. What else have you been doing to quench your thirst for sports? That is from Ian. Uh, Gangster Pete, do you have a go-to? Uh, I was busy checking out Golf Sidekick. What was the second part of the question? Uh, golf Mates. Do you have go-to golf sites? Oh, no. No go-to golf sites. I, I pretty much have Golf Channel on my TV if nothing's going on, like just in the background. Yeah. Um, I've just been looking, Chris. My issue is my short game is just hideous. It's hideous. And I just want to, I mean, all I want to do is. Like putting and chipping or both? Um, the putting can be good. Chipping is really bad. Like if you track your stats, which right. is super nerdy. But my up and down is just like, it's got to be like 15%. I mean, it's real bad. Real bad. And so if I miss a green, it's already like, it's a bogey at, at best. You know, with the 85% of the time. I mean, there's the math. I'm actually, I think I feel better about getting up and down out of a greenside bunker than I do uh, chipping, pitching. Gangster P, let me ask you this question, yeah. and then I'll go back to Ian's question and wrap that up. But uh, what do you consider to be a pitch? A pitch? For, uh, for your tracking of your stats, should you nerd out? Well, like I, do? I don't track my stats, but I think anything that's not really a full swing from inside 100 would probably be a okay. pitch. Okay. I was kind of going inside 100. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I want to track them more accurately because I wasn't really counting that. But I mean, that's that's. A I don't pit. know if there's an like a specific definition or not. I know, you know, I've had PJ Pro Dan. I think said anything where you're like breaking your elbow is a pitch, and but I mean the proper way, at least the way that I've gotten better with it, is I just keep my what do I do? I guess my left arm straight, um, whether it be with gap 56, 60. So I don't know, but just for stat tracking purposes, both of them are bad. Both of them are bad. <laughs> And, I'm, and so I'll watch these videos. And, and there's a thing on Golf Channel called Me and My Golf. It's two British guys. Uh, I watch theirs, the Mickelson short game, like, encyclopedia video where he does, like, a couple hours on it. I like watching it. They're just all different. Phil had a really good tip that's helped me a lot. What do you have? It's just a short minute. But he's like, first, you just decide if you're going to go low or high. That's the main thing. Yeah. There's no in-between. Yeah. You go low or high, so you put it towards your front foot if you're going high, your back foot if you're going low. Yeah. You make that decision and then commit to the shot. And I've started doing that, and it's helped me a lot. It's a nice play. It's a nice yeah. play. And then it's coming from Phil, who I love, so I trust it. 
recently I've just gone to with chipping just a nine iron if I have room to right. to to run it. But it's just like it's just it's 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 just bad. And I know I mean I just I can't. I don't know where to practice it. Like where I go and hit balls and I love it, put in AirPods and I go to family golf, but that's really not my big issue. I, the ball striking is again, I don't want to portray it as being great or anything, but it's just, it's fine. The chipping and pitching is horrendous. And God, I mean, it's just, it's, and I know that, and that's something that fixed. You can't teach like the ability to hit it far, you know? I mean, right. I guess you probably came with compressing irons, which I don't do. I'm, I now I'm starting to a little bit and you bomb your iron but you can't teach distance. You certainly can help teach short game. So, uh, all right, final one here. And it's a good one before I go to it. Oh, what hosting? Oh, what hosting? Oh. I want to talk about design air, heating and cooling. Uh, they're online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp is the greatest fixed my air conditioner a couple weeks ago. Um, but also, uh, if you are dealing with any air conditioning issues or you just need somebody to check it out, go to designairservice.com. They've been taking care of St. Louisans since 1904. What? Design Air, heating and cooling, Seth Goldcamp and his family, and uh, Jim Rogers. We have storms going on as we speak today, Gangster Pete. Uh, so if you are waking up to find that storm water has entered your home overnight, it should hit you like a bolt of lightning on who to call. That bolt of lightning is Restoration One of Central St. Louis, 314 888 5266. Water damage is hard. Water damage is difficult. But oftentimes, on the other side of water damage is a golden goose. That golden yeah. goose is Restoration One of Central St. Louis, 314-888-5266. They know how they're going to do it, and they do believe in it. This is no Shishawali operation. Professionally trained and certified staff who will save the day when your home is wet. 314-888-5266. Uh, and you can add Blues, Netminder, Daddy, Padre to the long list of clients who have been served real nice like that's Restoration One of Central St. Louis, the first call you should make when your home is wet, 314-888-5266. All right, final question, and I like this. I like this. We've touched on it probably uh, more than a year ago, I feel like. And uh, it comes from Caleb, and he says, Sup, GP. Hey, Tim, Pete. Sup, Caleb. Apologies for the discombobulated phrasing of this question. Uh, but I think you'll get the gist of it. Bear with me. I moved to Austin last year. After, this is Cal. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, caller Cal. Are you a caller Cal fan or not? Yeah, I like Cal. We talk before he gets on the air. <laughs> we chit chat a little bit. I moved to Austin last year after growing up in St. Louis for the previous 24 years of my life. This move opened my eyes to some quirks and idiosyncrasies of my hometown. As I'm sure you're aware, Austin is a fast, progressive, blossoming city. Success is celebrated, not shamed. This is new for me. It seems as if there is an odd success-shame culture that dominates the St. Louis area like the plague. I see it on the fan page far too often. Obviously, the fan page is not the standard for St. Louis behavior. God, I hope not. That's what he wrote. <laughs> but I remember feeling the success-shaming even as a young boy. My parents still hold this mentality. Why are the successful belittled? Is it a Midwestern woe-is-me way of thinking? Have you felt this before? I just don't get it. Would love to hear your thoughts. That's from Caleb, and he says, P.S. Sup, GP. Sup, Cal. Um, Gangster Pete, I know we have talked about this. I think it's been a long time, though, since we've yeah. talked about it. Like, I know it goes on, but amongst my friends, we, we celebrate each other when we're successful. Like, we build each other up. We want each other to do well. I mean, it just makes everybody happier as a group. As far as the Austin thing, I... Our buddy lives in Austin. We just make fun of him constantly because of the poor infrastructure and the large homeless rate. They have a, they have a traffic issue. 
Yes. I haven't been in, I haven't been to Austin like but, no, since Austin, Missouri got their asses handed to them in 2008. That's I the last there. time I was in Austin. You were there? Yeah, yeah. I went, I've been the last couple of times I played. But no, I love Austin. Austin's awesome. But that's what we say to him, just to like give him shit because sure. he's a little sensitive. That's the marmot. He's probably listening. The marmot. The marmot. The yip. Uh, what do you think the root of this? We both agree it exists. Why do you think it exists in St. Louis? Well, I, I think people are defensive because St. Louis kind of gets shit on for like the crime rate. But then, why wouldn't you like want that? fellow St. Louisans to experience success? Doesn't to help make sense. All boats doesn't make sense to me. I I root for all St. Louisans. Like that that is does it just doesn't compute to me why you would be down on somebody. Like you know, I mean, something I guess to tie it into something that's more recent certainly has been kind of the undercurrent of this podcast for most of the questions minus golf tips. Um, you know. I've received so many emails over the last, I don't know how long at this point, five or six weeks since the article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, really like expressing support, pulling for us. Um, and again, as I said, and it's, it's not to say that it was to say that it's, you know, fake news or anything like that. It's just, I didn't comment in that article and I'm, you know, there's, there's reasons for that. And so things that are in there are not necessarily, you know, I, I, we're just in a weird spot. Um, so people, I think, assumed when they saw that, that a deal is done. And so it puts us all in a, a unique spot. But with that said, it has been really, um, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's certainly positive, but I want to get a more specific word. Um, it's just been, um, you know, it's been refreshing because most of my feedback is limited to the hate, the passive hate, that is the culture of a portion of the fan page and or like people scared to say they agree with me because they'll get a gong. I mean, if somebody hates you for your success, that means you're in their kitchen. I think that's awesome. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess, it's a, I guess but when it, becomes, when it becomes like a dangerous thing... Well, yeah, that's different. That's a different thing. That's definitely different. You know, and it's kind of, it's kind of the spot because it's not like it's so successful that it's like, okay, I've got millions of dollars, so fuck you. Or you can just tell it's like blatant hatred. It's like, I think a lot of the stuff is like, yeah, I heard this about him. And yeah, I heard this. And then this person used to work there and then he said that, you know, and, and that's what it is. It's like, oh, okay, why don't you call my exes and see what they have to say about me? I mean, you're, you're going to people who, are, you know, things didn't end well. So, uh, you know, consider that. But they just want, they want dirt. But I mean, I have to say this goes on and I hate it. With like, yeah, I ran into so and so athlete at, and he was just a dick. Yeah, and then it's like that's like from like 19 years ago, <laughs> and like, you're just going, wow, you know, are you are you on at all times? Like, why, you know, why, what standards are we holding each other to? Um, but that has been really refreshing. It's it's unfortunate that people feel that they have to do it privately, for fear of being called a lemming or then a gong, gift pops up. Or guy whatever. today called himself a lemming. On what? On one of those emails. Said I'm a living. Oh, all right. God bless. I was surprised you didn't notice. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, but as far as why it goes, you know, but I also know that there'll, there'll be plenty of people or already people who are pulling against us, which is an odd thing because the success of the venture would tie into the success of the radio show one is supposedly a fan of. They are, there's a direct correlation. So I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I just know it is there. I agree with the sentiment expressed by Caleb slash Cal that it's there. And I don't, and I've, I had somebody tell me, Pete, somebody we both know, but probably doesn't want to be identified, not that it's a huge deal. Like, 
yeah, I have this. I noticed this with my friends. Like when I started making more money, they kind of started like hating on me. And like, you almost have to apologize for it. I just think it's unhappy people, man. It's unhappy people that are trying to make themselves feel better about their situation. I think that's what it all comes I, down I, to. I think, you're, I think you're probably right. Like, I mean, I go back to, because uh, it's the same source that played a role in one of your unique uh, moments in this show's <laughs> history, uh, which is a story we'll have to tell at some point. Fun. Um, no matter what, yeah. at some point. Uh, where it was, I was unrelatable because I was going to Jupiter and spending time with my <laughs> wife's parents and my wife and my son. And I specifically had it in my agreement that I could, and then the station doesn't pay for it, that I could do the show from there. And now, as you see with, you know, damn near every show in the world, at least at some point over the last few months operating remotely, that it doesn't impact things. But at the time, it's like, well, I mean, you get to go on vacation for three months. Like, I'm doing the show and I'm doing podcast interviews face to face that I wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Well, I mean, it's still you're in Florida, so it's a vacation. You know, I mean, you're just, you know, you're kind of rubbing it in people's faces how much money you make. And I'm going, that's what you take from that. <laughs> I mean, that's really what you take from that. Because my thought process is I won't be able to do it for long because my son will grow to a point where he's in school. Um to be able to have my parents come down and my wife's parents come down and to be able to allow them to have that time retired and I, you know, take care of it, I think is a great positive. And I'm thrilled that, that, that I can do it, but it certainly isn't intended to be a, I'd like to make sure everybody knows I am in Jupiter, Florida, which is just to the North of Palm beach, which is of course the wealthiest zip code in the United States of America. And I would like everybody to, to know that, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up in South St. Louis, but look at me now, please, please pay attention to my wealth. Um, and that's, it's a weird thing as opposed to, man, that's so fucking great that you get to go down there and you love the Cardinals and you love to play golf and you're around there and you get to hang out with your wife and her parents are down there and then your parents come down and, oh my God, what, a, you know, and you love being down there and you still get to do the show and you, the show doesn't miss a beat. And that's not what it is. It's a weird thing. But we know, but we all, as we're sitting here, know that that exists. It's a, I don't know. I don't know how the fuck to explain it. I just know it exists because I want, you know, no matter what I wind up doing, I want the people who are working with me to be happy because they're going to perform better. This is not, none, none of them, everything always goes back to my own personal self-interest. Don't, don't, get, don't get it confused that, but the byproduct of my own self-interest is other people's self-interest. I want other people to enjoy themselves, be happy. I want people to be transparent with me. So therefore I attempt to be transparent with them. It goes back to treat others how you want to be treated. So I notice it. Um, I don't know. I think in St. Louis, I will say this. And I, th and I think there's something to it. There is, there is, I think gangster Pete, be curious what you think of this. I think one of the reasons it might be that way is because with St. Louis, a lot of it is inherited. And so there's hate on that where it's flashed like it was an accomplishment when in reality it was an inheritance or you married into it. And then there's hate on that. I can kind of understand that. But again, you're penalizing somebody for something that they didn't do. Now, if they're flashing that shit on their social media, you know, when it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> you started on third base, so you scored. You know, that's, you know... But again, I, I just, I don't, I, I look at it and I'm like, what, what, what's La Serena 69 got going on? You know, oh, you know, I mean, I, cause I just, I don't follow the people. I mean, I unsubscribe, I just don't follow it I, or I mute it and I just don't even see it. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't cross my mind. You know, right now I'm looking at my Instagram 
And there's something from La Serena 69, from Gabby Carter, and from Tim Mickelson. So I'm not like, oh, man, my buddy's in, you know, Cabo right now. Motherfucker. You know, he must be making more than me now. You know, it's, it's like, oh, it's fucking great. Maybe I'll get to go, you know. <laughs> Good for him that he's spending time with his wife and his kids or whatever. Um, so I don't know. But I think that might be in there. And then I think potentially hate on new money that flashes kind of is counterintuitive to the culture of St. Louis, which is more a humble, you know, humility-oriented culture. But you do. Iggy gets fired up, and Iggy's coming from a place of, you know, real purity, actually, on it. Like, where it's, like, so obvious, like, it's a humble brag. But, like, the humble brag is, like, kind of, like, it's really not a brag, you know? And you're like, oh, you're, you know, you're there. That's great. You know, I wouldn't, you know, get out there to take a piss. But if you if you want to, you know, you know, sharpshoot people about, look at me, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird deal. But I agree it's there. I don't know why. I don't think it's a good trait at all um, because I think it's healthy to encourage entrepreneurs and to create a climate. And I think we do have that, by the way. I think this is, I think we do have it. I think we're talking about maybe uh, potentially an older demographic. And I'm not talking about like 60s and 70s, but like maybe 30s and 40s more so than teens and 20s. But um, I certainly agree that it's there. And I, I've said it before. The title of the podcast, I've said it before. When the Post-Dispatch printed details of my contract, it was a defining moment in my career with my relationship with coworkers and with the audience. And it went from, man, good for him for taking a shot and guaranteeing all the money to start up 920 to, oh, well, fuck him. <laughs> and it's an amazing thing. You know, it's like, it's good when you're taking the shot, but you can only make a certain amount. And that, But now you're making too much. and Now we got to fucking hate you. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Other hosts, it's a, it's a weird thing. So I've experienced it, but this is in our little world. I think it's more relevant for business, and it, and it goes on. And I've had people say that, people who now don't live in St. Louis say, yeah, isn't that a weird deal? And I go, yeah, it's, what's, what, is it about? what is that about? And I don't know. I'm curious. So feel free. Email in, tmckernan at insidestl.com. Uh, Gangster Pete, we went 15 minutes longer than I thought we would. That's on me. But I, I liked Cal's question. I yeah, it's a good question. It's kind of uh, philosophical, so there's no right or wrong answer. Send your questions, send your stories in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors... We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.